Wednesday, here we go with another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast from the meteorologist at 47 ABC WMDT. I am Chief Meteorologist Rich Wurzik this week with meteorologist Jake Grant. And heading into the end of August here, we have a lot going on with the tropics. Um, again, as we expected here, uh, going into August, we knew that this would happen. Uh, the National uh, Weather Service uh, really was getting out ahead of changing the forecast here going toward the end of the hurricane season adding the fact that uh, we were expected to see kind of an explosive development, if you will. And I think the last podcast, we had a lot of uh, interesting scenarios on the board, but no name storms or nothing of particular interest at that point that was uh, at least immediate. But now we're dealing with a major hurricane, uh, Franklin, which has been a monster the past couple of days. And uh, I know, Jake, you've been looking at that a lot here the past few mornings uh, or going into last week, uh, tracking this as it was getting up near Bermuda. We never thought it was going to be an issue for us. But uh, Hurricane Franklin, man, a textbook look on the satellite uh, yeah. you know, image. I was just doing the 11 o'clock news last night. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning, by the way, so Monday evening. And it was just that symmetrical look with the well-defined eye. Um, really neat to see, but, man, if that thing had any eyes for or heading anywhere toward land, it would have been catastrophic, to say the least. Yeah, that's uh, what they teach you in school. That storm was... Uh almost perfect in the sense of structure and development, rotation, everything. It's a good thing it is going out to sea, and it is going to miss Bermuda as well. A very uh, close call to Bermuda, because uh, if that thing made landfall, I think it has 135 mile-per-hour winds, uh, Category 4, especially if you got a little closer to the coast, it might get up to Category 5 pretty easily. So oh, that have been crazy. Uh, yeah. I think it even hit 140 there for a little bit, if I just remember from late Monday evening. Yeah. Um, I noticed that here Tuesday morning is starting to lose a little bit of its, it looks like it's taking in some dry yeah. air. You're starting Drier to see air, cooler water, you're getting right. a little bit of uh, convection falling off that a little bit. happening. But still, uh, like you mentioned, just uh, we went from having not a lot, and they did change the outlook, but we also kind of anticipated that ourselves, that uh, things were going to change pretty quickly, and that they have. I think we've had almost four or five name storms since our last podcast, it, almost. It's been uh, out of control. Really. We've had, I mean, it's like every, I'm not even every <laughs> shift here at the TV yeah. station. It's just within our shift every several hours yeah. with the update from the Hurricane Center. Well, it's here, just something I'll new. Even, uh, I'll even zoom over a little bit with the new invest areas. I mean, they're both pretty far out to sea. They don't look like a threat, but it's still just more activity. Um, lingering around because i think before our last one we didn't even have emily yet so we've had emily franklin gert harold and idalia now right and speaking of idalia that's the second storm um that's close to us in proximity that one's in the gulf that one not posing an immediate threat to us here in delmarva just like franklin um a trough and a boundary coming through the area here really doing a good job to steer these storms away from us but idalia is going to be the storm that uh, impacts land. And uh, given that it's going to make a landfall in northwestern Florida, expected to be a major hurricane, Category 3, potentially Category 4, just uh, based on the, the explosive development we're already seeing. The models might even be undercutting some of the intensity. Um, but uh, looking at sometime Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning, um, this, this hurricane making landfall in northwestern Florida, the track is supposed to take it up through northern Florida, near Jacksonville, just to the northwest of Jacksonville. And again, if you're listening to this, we're doing this on a Tuesday morning, so this track, of course, is subject to change. But um, eventually, 
Idalia coming back out over the coast off the South Carolina coast and uh, out to water again. But then after that, the models are showing that this thing is going to linger out to sea and potentially regress or if not drift south. And then it's anybody's guess. And looking at the spaghetti models you have pulled up there, it looks like uh, there's potential that this thing could be headed right back toward Florida. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what transpires with this for sure. Uh, just this morning while we're looking, it is uh, 11.26, and you can see the pressure is considerably lower than where it should be at for the wind. So uh, probably going to be getting a little bit of an update. I know the winds have just gone up 10 miles an hour since my shift started when they upgraded it to a hurricane around 5.05 this morning. So uh, it's going to go undergo that rapid intensification. I think it's going to get to one, uh, 131 miles per hour to get it to that Category 4. So I agree. It's a major hurricane regardless uh, once it hits Category 3. So that's the uh, devastating effects for life and property into the big boot area of uh, Florida. I looked that up. That is the technical. The the, that's right. Or the, yeah, the big boot. So, um, and then like you said with the spaghetti models, uh, just seeing some of them. Do have one little outlier one, but not worth mentioning. Uh, with the, that hard right turn. Uh, back towards Florida. So it could be interesting with that redevelopment. It will help that it's going to, looks like if it does return, it'll probably not intensify just due to the fact it's going to be kicking up a lot of the water, um, a lot of upwelling to cool things off and not really allow for that type of development again, but still could reform into another uh, tropical depression or uh, tropical storm again, especially with just how warm that water is off the east coast of Florida. That area hasn't been tapped into yet at all this year, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, especially with that trough kind of protecting us here that looks like it timed out just right for it. So we'll keep an eye on it still, uh, still a few days out. And we always have this time of the year, that is basically our protecting weather event. If we're going to have one to keep these tropical systems away, these troughs that come in from uh, Canada, uh, you know, with the cool fall type air, at least dry air, and it's usually enough to steer these systems away from the coast, or if they're making landfall, let's say, in the Gulf Coast, um, it will steer them due east, like we're seeing here with Idalia and what we're expecting to happen, of course, what's happening with Franklin, too. So it's a good thing, and timing-wise, it's really just all luck how that works out that this is happening. But as you were mentioning, this storm might reemerge as a tropical depression or tropical storm well after it you know, leaves the Carolina coast. And as long as it's meandering around the southeast, we know here in Delmarva, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters about intensity with these storms, but a lot of our tropical weather is sometimes these decaying storms or storms that you wouldn't think are a big deal because they have the name tropical depression or tropical storm on them. Um, and then they give us the tornado outbreaks, cause the tornado yeah. outbreaks that we see and the very heavy rain and the flooding rain. So uh, we always look at these storms, obviously for the intensity of the core winds, but even if they are lower end scale tropical systems, we're just as concerned about them here because of the other effects that they can bring here to the mid-Atlantic and to the Delmarva too. So um, both storms not looking like they're going to do that uh, with their current tracks, but as mentioned with Idalia, that thing, if it does go back out to sea there off the southeast coast and kind of meanders about, it could find its way back into the southeast somewhere. And then that could be a different story yeah. with the next trough coming through the timing. Well, that trough could be further west. It will help guide that storm up through the mid-Atlantic. We've seen that happen a lot. So, Yeah, it could you know. pull it up, uh, like you mentioned. And then even with its tropical, it's a little bit different for tornado development, a little bit more favorable for weaker tornadoes, but more uh, numerous, to say, just because yep. when you have those tropical 
systems, a lot more spin in the atmosphere, even if it's tropical depression or post-tropical, it still has some type of spin with it um, and more of the ability to kick up stuff without the other ingredients that we would need for a tornado and just a regular uh, supercell or even uh, other types of thunderstorms. So I know Florida, they have a lot of tornado risk for that northeast-southeast quadrant, kind of where you get that the most of that spin before it heads offshore. So uh, could be dealing, that's the thing with the tropical systems. You have tornadoes, rain, wind, uh, storm surge, obviously, is the most, I would say, understated killer. And that's kind of been played up over the last few years, as it should be, because basically there's going to be a wall of four to eight feet of water coming right towards where that landfall is uh, just with those storms. So it's going to be, the storm surge is always one of those unspoken uh, killer. That's not flooding either. That's just ocean water being pushed onto just land pushed in. and that northeast quadrant especially. Um, so especially even if post-tropical storm, like you mentioned, if it makes its way up here, we could get a little bit of storm surge, maybe a foot or two, and that could cause flooding, especially for a lot of our areas since we do have a lot of low-lying low well, uh, and for Delmarva listeners here, I, I think you bring up a good point there. Um, you know, with our low-lying areas, Delmarva listeners already have an idea of what storm surge is like on a much smaller scale. When we have our coastal flood advisories that are issued for the east side of Delmarva, anytime we get an east wind coming in off the Atlantic for any considerable period of time, and it coincides with high tide, we have basically all of that water being pushed up into land. Very slow motion, but it's the same idea. That's a surge of ocean water that's being displaced inland. We see that sometimes happen on the bay side. In fact, um, I can think back to around, um, right around the first of the year, we had that massive Arctic front come through uh, the whole eastern seaboard, and we had a due west wind that was tropical storm force, and it pushed the waters from the bay through the Wicomico River, and we saw in downtown Salisbury within just a few hours, we, we had inundated waters in Salisbury, uh, the, the entire... Um, Market Street area and, uh, you know, over near where the, um, uh, basically where the hospital is in mm. that area, that low-lying spot just outside of the hospital, I should say, down where a couple of those bridges cross over into downtown Salisbury in the back. That was completely flooded within a few hours period of time. It was a surge, essentially. Mm. So people that uh, live in Delmarva, you know, just think of that, but much, much, much more higher-end intensity surge like that and yeah. in a much quicker fashion. And that's uh, essentially what would happen um, if we were to get a storm like that uh, down in Florida. Thankfully, we're not looking at that right now. Yes, at, at the moment. Don't want to say never, especially during right. hurricane well, season. But We're very, very uh, prone here for where we're sitting. It just hasn't happened in, yes. in a while. It's always, there's always the recipe, especially this year. We think back to what you were water. saying, too, um, you know, some of the other threats that we're more concerned about because they happen more often with tornadoes and um, the tropical-type tornadoes. I mean, think about Isaias when it came a few summers ago. It uh, spawned numerous tornadoes in Delmarva, one of the largest tornado outbreaks on record uh, for the area. And they were um, all generated by a storm that was, you know, slowly losing its tropical characteristics as it was coming through the area. It was not a hurricane. So um, something for people to understand with that, too. The broad wind that we had come through the area was still strong enough to knock out power even aside from the tornadoes that we had. So um, looking at that closely, Idalia uh, not expected to be at least an issue here for its first run moving through. We talked about the trough coming in, bringing us that little bit of fall air with a cold front. Um, helpful that we'll have that by the end of the week because at least it'll be more comfortable here 
while we watch these storms off to our east and off to our south. But for September, not unheard of to have a cold front bring in temperatures in the 70s, even with the sun. You know, you know we're getting to the end of summer here. Our averages are still in the mid-80s for highs, but getting days into the 70s, that's what we usually typically average, at least upper 70s toward the end of summer. Yeah, so it, we are starting to see the slow trend. It does look like we are going to have a little bit of a uncharacteristic warm-up to start September, a couple days in the 90s in the long term. Um, but overall, the climatological average is starting to go down as we end meteorological summer and uh, the solar summer, excuse me. Uh, but as we work through that, that just kind of helps to bring down the temperatures. But it does look like we'll have a warm start, a couple more humid days uh, especially as well. But nice to get a little bit of that fall air, uh, you know, just as the season's changing, you can kind of start to see it overnight lows start to dip a little bit more. Obviously, can't say it's not humid. It's going to be humid today and tomorrow. It's feels a little sticky out there, uh, even still just due to the, our nature of our dynamics right now. But overall, the prevailing ideas start to dry out a little bit more, get these colder troughs come down from Canada. Uh, they'll bring in some storms, not severe usually, but can't rule it out, and helps to you know just cool things down as we head into uh, our next season, beginning to uh, make things a little bit more comfortable. It's my favorite season. I like fall a lot. So You are in uh, the majority, yes. I think. I'm already yeah. seeing the, the Facebook posts Oh, your everywhere. hot take. Your hot take, yeah. My hot yeah. T- oh, that's right. I put that on there. One or two or 32. I asked that question yeah. on Facebook. And, um, you know, extremes for me, I didn't give an option for the middle, of yes. course. And everyone's 62. like, uh, there, we'll 32. 62. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've, I'm already seeing the Facebook posts. Um, pumpkins and, you know, pumpkin uh, spice latte. It's and, too early for yeah, all that crap. It's, it's uh, yeah. I'm I agree. <laughs> I'm waiting to break out my Halloween uh, graphic, but I'm going to do that. I like the idea we're going to have warm enough days to be like outside, especially at the beach, yes. still in the lakes, but maybe without the incredible tropical humidity yeah, to go along with kill that. Kill off some of the mosquitoes too as well. It would uh, be nice. Th- that'll be, that's, that's why I like it. Just like wear a nice hoodie. I, I like to wear shorts, so I still like to be able to wear shorts, but I don't like to be sweating even if I'm wearing shorts or a hoodie. So like you said, it's night and I enjoy going to the beach in the fall. It's nice and quiet. Nice. No one's down there. Well, sound if you're like a resident, old man. you listen, you, you know, yeah, they agree completely. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a little less crowded and yeah. it's not that we don't appreciate, you know, the, the tourism. People, yes. It's just, you, you know, when break. it's a little less crowded, you can spread out. It, it is a bit it's different. It's a little yeah. more enjoyable to have a quieter day if that's what you're looking for. Have but, it to uh, yourself. A right. beach to yourself is a cool thing. And it's hard to call tourists, too. I mean, we're talking about people who come from the D.C., Baltimore, and Philadelphia yeah. areas here. I mean, like you and I growing up, being yeah. I'm from the D.C. metro area, you're from the Philly metro area. Yeah. Like, you know, coming to the beach, this wasn't like a grand vacation as far as no. time-wise. You, know, you just drove a couple hours and you got here. Yeah. So. I mean, I we're used regional. To, <laughs> I used to skip high school into my senior year and go to the... Go to the beach. Well, uh, you heard it there. Jake skipped it. Well, well you know, hey, I heard, get any I heard now, you, hopefully. too. You skipped your 8 a.m.s. The oh, that's show. true. I, I did admit to that in college. Yeah, my yeah. mom was getting mad at me for admitting, uh, admitting some, of, some of the stuff. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Well, now. now it's just like, you know. Yeah. I mean, now it's just fun. Well, here's the deal. My professor, he knew I was skipping the 8 a.m.s. And, you know, to I don't this day, you. he'll be like, well, if I didn't like you, you know, yeah. you would have known. 8 a.m.s are ridiculous. <laughs> that's a freshman year thing. And then never again. If your class is 8 a.m., you're out of luck. Well, I'm not a morning person. That's why my shift it, it works out for me because I just oh. don't do the morning stuff. It seems like you're a lot better at that than I am. So. Well, <laughs> except for one day. Except, for, well, you know, I mean, but you—it's it, tough. You you work, yeah. uh, you know, and during hours that 
you know, are not usual for people yes. to wake up in the middle of the night. You know, some people are better at it than others, but, um, you know, people got to get their weather early in the morning it's, and you're here early. To it's give every them. day waking up with a sense of panic. There that's, you go. That's the, like, did I sleep in? Did yes, because you've got to orient yourself and so you never know. Before we wrap up, I'll tell <laughs> one story about that, which is funny. And this is probably going to happen to you more often than not. So I'm just giving you a heads up. I was a morning meteorologist for many, many of the years I've, I've done this. And one thing that would happen to me a lot going into the weekend when I would let myself sleep in, if I either slept in till like nine o'clock, I would wake up and it, just seeing daylight in my room, I'd wake up in sheer panic that yeah. I slept through the news. And then the, the other situation you run into, you may have already had this, um, you take a nap in the afternoon, you wake up and it's kind of dark and you look at the clock and it says like six something and you're like, is it six something in the morning? Yeah. You know, and you get up in this panic and you realize, oh no, I just took a nap. Yeah, I had, so. this, I had one Saturday, it was one of the first weeks I was doing it. I got up and it was just completely disoriented, didn't know, it was like, like you said, six in the afternoon, not six in the morning, thought I overslept and it was a Saturday, just like so used to that. Yeah. And then waking up in that panic, just completely amped up on adrenaline. And get your phone, yeah. get ready to text somebody here at the station. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't exactly, uh, it was like my first or second week too, so I was just scared straight, beyond scared straight. Yeah, yeah. that's that's fun. Uh, yeah, well, no. those of you at home who are uh, third shifters probably right now are nodding with us <laughs> in complete agreement um, because that, you know, having to get up at work and, you know, to go to work at night and then in some cases coming home from work and it's still dark outside depending on the time of the year. Yeah. That's, that's a tough shift, but um, uh, at least you have your afternoons, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice and quiet in the afternoon. Yeah. No I do miss that. There. I do miss that because it's at the time where my, my end is ramping up. Be but, productive. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, oh, man, we've got a lot to watch here for the weather. And um, so at home you get an idea that we have the weather covered literally 24 hours a day here at the TV station. And any TV station that you watch across the country locally, usually the meteorologists, where our times are skewed to the point where somebody within an hour or two is in the building mm -hmm. at all times. So um, something to remember in times of severe weather that one of us is always going to be here keeping an eye on what's happening and, and ready to go on TV if we need to cut in for a warning. So always uh, keeping that in mind that uh, it's good to have the humans keeping an eye on things. Can't rely just on a weather app, just yeah. on a radar app. You want to be able to, you know, trust the meteorologist too to kind of watch things as they unfold. And um, that's what we like to do. That's why we're doing this. Or we wouldn't have these crazy hours. You know, yeah. we'd be putting up with that. Wouldn't have a job if there wasn't a need for it. Yeah, that's exactly. Why. Yeah. Good way to look at it. All right, uh, I want to thank everybody again at home for downloading and streaming uh, this edition of WeatherWise, just like we do every Wednesday. We have a new edition on the board wherever you get your favorite podcast. Sometime early Wednesday mornings, usually when it drops. We had a lot to talk about today with the tropics, and we expect, of course, next Wednesday to have a lot more to talk about. But in between then, you can always catch our forecast, 47 ABC. And if you're outside of the area, you can actually stream our forecast via our newscast on WMDT wmdt.com. Thanks again for downloading. It's been another edition of WeatherWise from the meteorologist at 47ABC, WMDT.